Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Agents, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 15, Yes Men. So, Mariah, how was your week? It was pretty good. It was all right. I uh, I finished the new Stranger Things season. Oh. I know that I'm super late on that because apparently everyone can watch, like, 10 hours of, of media in one day. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. Get a job. I mean, I don't, I don't have one, but... <laughs> Like, it's been so long since season three, and, like, I didn't, I wasn't really crazy about season two or three of Stranger Things, so I had it in my head I wasn't even really going to watch season four, but then I kept hearing great things about it, and I was like, sure, fine, I'll watch anyway, and I'm so glad I did, because it was so fucking good. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it since the first season. (laughs) I think that season four is the best since season one for sure it is also like it's very horror yeah and i'm not usually a horror fan but like this was horror and it was good i was like you know what i think i might see the appeal of horror (laughs) (laughs) i like being scared in this particular way yeah speaking of being scared how was your week oh god right uh (laughs) sorry yeah speaking of being scared i am so scared and pissed off As of recording this episode, uh, the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade was yesterday. Yeah. And it's got me pretty fucked up. Yeah. I wasn't really even sure if I wanted to bring it up on here because it's so, such a divisive topic, but it's, it's literally all I can think about. Um, And like, I just feel like everyone should be scared and angry right now. Absolutely. Because it's not even like, yes, abortion and and the right to your own medical procedures, that's important, but it's Mm -hmm. so much more than just abortion. It's like the right to privacy, the right to medical privacy. Exactly. Like, we're incentivizing neighbors turning against neighbors, friends turning against friends. Like, it, uh, I mean, like, of all the ways that our government has systematically broken down and violated and revoked people's rights in different ways over the years i just i keep wondering like what is going to be the breaking point like how far is it gonna go before things change you know before definitely the scale finally gets tipped far enough to make all of the changes that like people have been fighting for for so long it's not it's not a matter of like you know Everybody needs to wake up. When are we going to do this? It's like people have been working for this for so long and that it just keeps getting pushed back by... uh, Yeah, I could talk at length about it, especially in the ways that it's such a divisive topic and it's that way on purpose. Exactly. And it's on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, Mm -hmm. because Republicans, you have this hot button issue that will keep these people voting for you no matter how evil you are. Right. Because... Well, the other side is, quote, killing babies. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of it, Democrats have had so long 
to codify Roe v. Wade to make it law. Exactly. And they have not made a move because on the other side of that, on the other side of what the Republicans are doing, that's going to keep Democrats coming back to vote for you at the polls. Right. You have to keep voting for us because the other side wants to take away your rights. Yeah. Well, you haven't done shit. At the end of the day, it's all manipulation. It's not about babies. No. It's not about women. It's not about rights to them. It is about keeping themselves in office. It's about control. Keeping their paychecks nice and juicy. Yep. Yeah. I I don't want to I don't want us to go on for too long about this. Yeah. Because we could go on forever. I just I I just wanted to say I wanted to make sure that we brought it up because I, I'm so mad and I know so many people are hurting right now and 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 I hope that more and more people use that rage and that anger to channel it into change in some way you know it keeps feeling like we're right on the precipice and then right right when i think that something is going to give it gets worse yeah exactly. so just know that if you're out there and you're scared we're with you we're here and that's kind of all we can do right now is be there with each other be in it together yep so on that note Shall we get into this? Let's let's move on to this very like topical. I, I guess it's it involves women. It's a topical yeah. episode. We 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 talked about old men controlling women. Let's talk about a woman controlling men. Yes, because Woo-hoo! women can do anything. Women can do anything. Hashtag Lorelai was right. Yes. All right. This episode was written by Shalisha Francis, who has done a few episodes before. I, I think oh, I really okay. like her episodes, if I remember right. Yeah. I mean, I like every episode, but, like, hers hers are the ones that kind of stick in my mind, I think. And it was directed by John Terleski. So, who are the awesome characters that we meet? Well, awesome except for, like, one. Rooster is... Right. Never mind. (laughs) Rooster's there. (laughs) So, uh, we meet a couple of new characters. We meet Lorelai. She is an Asgardian sorceress from Stars Hollow. She's like... (laughs) You're a wizard, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rory did have like a weird power over men. That's true. That's to true. be fair, she sure did. What was with that? <laughs> um, we also meet Lady Sif, who is an Asgardian warrior, and I, I just want to give her a hug. I just feel like she needs a hug so bad. <laughs> I love Sif. I forgot to write this down before you go on to the next character. While we're talking about Sif, when I. I think I was 19 or 20. I went to Disneyland with a group of my friends from California. And in, like, the line to meet Thor, they had, like, Sif's sword and shield. And I don't think that it was the real one from the movie, but I do remember posing with it. And I'm sure I have a picture. I will go on my Facebook, and if that picture exists, I will post it when this episode comes out. Cool. Oh, that's so fun. All the men that played the superheroes were... Very, very good looking as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we also meet Rooster slash Dwayne. <laughs> and I feel like both of those names are like a better roast than anything I could ever come up with for him. So. <laughs> Oh, Rooster. Rooster Dwayne. Rooster Dwayne. So before we get into the episode, the 
title of the episode alludes to all the men that Lorelai seduces. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the coin, it also refers to Coulson, who has always been a yes man for S.H.I.E.L.D. Ooh. Yeah. So in this episode, Coulson decides he's going to stop looking for Fury, stop asking for permission, and he's going to get his fucking answers himself. That's what I'm talking about! Yes, Coulson! Go, Coulson! Woohoo! Okay. So, let's get into this. We open. Jimmy is still driving Lorelai through the desert. They pull over at a biker gas station, I guess. And Jimmy says that he just needs to go in and grab something real quick. He's like, I'll be right back, my love. My love? (laughs) You met her like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) I noticed that, I think it was in the last episode, I think I called Ward my love. And... (laughs) I, I want everyone to know that I don't know when this started or how it started, but my love is is not a term of endearment for me anymore. <laughs> like it's like when I'm very frustrated with someone and want to to be passive aggressive. That's that's when I use my love. That's your uh, bless your heart, my love. <laughs> yeah, it's my like you just said something really stupid. Right. That's what that is. Anyway, so. Lorelai is waiting in the car and she looks at the dozens of gruff bikers surrounding the small convertible that she's in and she gets out of the car. The men are mumbling cat calls all around her and then one of them comes up to her and says that she is so beautiful she could have any man she wanted. So why is she married to that guy? He must be loaded. Or he could have a good personality. (laughs) Right? (laughs) He could just be like a cool person also jimmy seems great yeah except you know anyway (laughs) and lorelei's like um no 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 he's not my husband and i know i can have any man that i want that's why i took him from his brand new bride earlier today because she is jolene Mm -hmm. did you know that dolly wrote that and i will always love you on the same day (laughs) you're joking brand new information (laughs) Um, She mentions that she needs Jimmy for safe passage. And so the biker offers her a place if she needs to lay low from trouble for a while. She gets distracted by another motorcycle driving away. And she's like, what kind of beast is that? (laughs) And then he tells her, like, the make and model. (laughs) And she's like, okay, that's not not what I asked for. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) And so then he offers her a ride on his motorcycle. If you want to feel a roar... (laughs) Ew. (laughs) That's disgusting. Speaking of motorcycles, I'm sure that a lot of you have heard just, like, the grumble of engines on my... uh, Well, I don't know if you know that it's on my track, but it's... I'm confirming it's on my track, (laughs) and it's because I live, like, right near a highway and also, like, right at a red light. And keep in mind, I live in the Deep South, so it's either, like, a motorcycle or some guy's truck that he has, like, purposely removed the muffler on because... Because that happens a lot down here. So I apologize for all the all the revs that you hear. That's how you know that everybody in Thibodeau has just a giant dick. Yeah. That's how they tell you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Lorelai's like, hmm, how can I use this guy? She finds out that his name is Rooster. What a cock. <laughs> and that he is apparently the leader of the biker gang. 
She then puts a spell on him so that now he and his men serve her. <laughs> I loved the voice effect that they put on Lorelai there. Like it's the so sort cool. of slight echo and distortion. Yeah. is really cool. So then Jimmy comes back and he's like, this guy bothering you? And she's like, no, he's just your replacement. And Jimmy's like, but you said we'd be together forever. And she's like, I said we'd be together till the end. It is the end. <laughs> and then she sends him crashing into the side of the car. Like, I am in love with her. Poor Jimmy. <laughs> Poor Jimmy. So for Lorelai's costume, the costume designer for the show, Anne Foley, wanted to retain Lorelai's signature color blue from the comics. Mm -hmm. But she also wanted to add some gold because Asgardians love their gold. Ah. So that's like the shoulder piece thing that she has. Okay. So she looked at what had already been done in the two Thor movies that were out for reference to stay true to what has already been established in the MCU. I love when like writers and costume designers and just the crew in general does their homework on stuff like that. It's They're so, cool. so thoughtful. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's what I love about this show is that like nothing was half-assed. Right. Like they all, they put in the work and it shows. Um, anyway, so back on the plane, Skye is finally waking up in her med pod. She starts trying to get out of her hospital bed, but Simmons shows up and knocks on the window. She's like, no, what did I say? <laughs> this guy's like, God damn it. She tries to tell Simmons that she's good. She just wanted to stretch her legs. But Simmons says, good is not an appropriate word to describe your state. You were shot twice, had your stomach perforated, and a breathing tube shoved down your throat. Better is a more accurate word. But at least she's doing better. <laughs> For real. I, but I love Mother Hen Simmons. Yes. She's perfect in She's just worried. Yeah. So Simmons takes a vial of Skye's blood, and Skye's like, I don't know if I like Dr. Simmons. She's so strict and pokey. <laughs> Everyone is in love with Simmons. As they should be. <laughs> As they should be. And so Simmons <laughs> says, well, patient Skye is unruly and stubborn. I'm like, yeah, okay, but so is non-patient Skye. <laughs> But Sky adds, and grateful. I hope you know that. <laughs> All I could think during the scene was that in the Disney Plus HD, I can see Elizabeth Hinstreet's freckles. She's got, like, little freckles all over her forehead and her cheek. She's so cute. Elizabeth, I love you. Come on the pod. <laughs> come on the pod. Elizabeth, we love your freckles. Come on the pod. <laughs> Can your freckles come on the pod? Yeah, just your freckles. We don't just need you. <laughs> so just then, Ward pokes his head in, and damn it, he's still hot? <laughs> Maybe it's just the relief on his face and that he's actually smiling. Spiling? Spiling. Maybe it's just the relief on his face and that he's actually smiling. Could he just be an asshole again so I can go back to hating him? Like, this just, this feels so wrong. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like liking him. <laughs> Sky tells him in an English accent, the warden has extended house arrest. And Simmons leaves the room like, that's an awful accent. And that's my catchphrase. <laughs> I can't do any accents, but I know when people do bad ones. So then Sky gets self-conscious and says, I must look terrible. Simmons won't even give me a mirror. And... Baby, you are healing. You don't need to look like anything, but also you look like a fucking goddess. <laughs> and Ward's like, I've seen worse. I bet. And then he's like, I mean, you look better than you did when you were dying. 
just swinging and a missing. <laughs> He's almost as bad at flirting as he is at being a spy. <laughs> the flirting between Ward and Sky is getting so much more obvious, though. Right? Like, they're not even being subtle anymore. Totally open. <laughs> but then the music and Sky's demeanor changes. She feels so stupid for going in alone. But Ward stops her. Her bravery means that every S.H.I.E.L.D. agent in the country knows about Mike Peterson and his magic leg. And, like, only the country? Aren't there S.H.I.E.L.D. agents around the world? Aren't they also in a different country than Sky even found Mike in? Aren't they literally in a plane all the time? <laughs> like, which country is he talking about? I don't know, man. I don't know. Ward's dumb. Okay. So then Garrett from last episode is running point on finding Mike and finding out more about Project Deathlock. Sky brings up that Mike looked terrible, that he needs help. But Ward says Mike is past help. He was there and he could have protected you, but he didn't. And I will never forgive that. And Ward, like, we know how Amador and the Centipede soldiers were controlled. The instant that Mike made a single move to help Sky, he would have dropped dead. And then what help would that have been? And he was so adamant about not hurting Sky himself, which honestly is as much of a rebellion as he could have managed in that moment. So ask and you shall receive. Ward pissed me off again. All is right in the world. <laughs> so Sky says, regardless, I need to be able to pre- protect myself anyway. She tells Ward that as soon as Simmons gives the all clear, Sky wants to get back to training harder than she ever did before. She doesn't ever want to have to depend on a miracle drug to save her again. In the lab, Simmons tells Fitz that Sky is beginning to get suspicious of how much blood Simmons keeps taking from her. She's been taking a sample every single day, trying to figure out what's in the GH325 drug. There's barely any residue left in the original vial, and Sky and Coulson's blood don't seem to yield many answers. Simmons wishes that they could have had more than one vial, and Fitz is like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't really have time to keep looking, what with the mountain crashing down around us. <laughs> Simmons wants to upload the blood samples to HQ so that they can do a more comprehensive diagnostic scan. But Coulson refused her. He wants to keep it quiet and in-house. Simmons doesn't understand why Coulson would want such a breakthrough drug to be hidden away like this when it could literally save lives. And Fitz just stares at the floor and Simmons asks him if he saw anything peculiar in the bunker with Coulson. And Fitz just says, everything was peculiar. (laughs) So Coulson is alone in Lola in some parking garage somewhere, and he's having flashbacks to the blue guy, Sky, and what Dr. Strayton said about Fury moving heaven and earth for Coulson. He's snapped out of it by Sitwell parking next to him and rolling down his window. Sitwell, ever the whitey baby, (laughs) says, you know, usually when a friend wants a favor, they do something nice. Take me to a restaurant. Buy me a bottle of wine. Sit well, it's okay. Like, I want to go on a date with Coulson, too. Like, you can just say that. (laughs) And Coulson says, look, if you want to go to a movie and hold hands, I'm down. But could you just answer a question for me first? (laughs) And so Sitwell answers immediately that he does not know where Director Fury is. Coulson is a little stunned, so Sitwell adds that, for a quiet guy, you make a lot of noise. Director Fury is a high-level agent who is off-grid, so if he doesn't want to be found, he won't be. So much for directing S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. (laughs) Like, what a shit boss. 
So Sitwell's appearance here was to set up Captain America the Winter Soldier, which was going to come out soon at that point. And Sitwell also makes an appearance in that. And Fury, for his part, also fakes his own death at the beginning of the movie. So there's Ah. that. Maybe that could be a bonus episode idea. We could watch the Winter Soldier. Maybe. That'd be a long episode. Maybe. A full movie. We we could figure out a different format. Maybe so. We'll see. We could only cover the, the things of note. Right. So Sitwell brings up that Coulson did the same thing once. Not by choice, though. Not when someone else's agents were dying. And then Sitwell says, by the way, I never asked you, how was Tahiti? And Coulson just puts on his sunglasses and says, it sucked. <laughs> He's free! That was so satisfying. Yes. I'm so happy for him. (sighs) So in the briefing room, May is giving the team their new orders involving massive energy readings in the sky over the California-Nevada border. So Ward asks where Coulson is, and May says he's taking personal time. And Ward's like, that's a couple of days straight. And May and Ward just stare at each other like hateful exes. Uh, And first of all, I love that they hate each other again. And second of all, y'all are on call like 24-7, 365 days a year. I'm pretty sure he's earned some PTO. Can we please let that man take his damn personal time, Ward? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) So Simmons says that these are the same readings that Dr. Foster picked up in New Mexico and in London. And who's Dr. Foster? She is a badass scientist who also, less importantly, is Thor's love interest. Oh, okay. Good. And I can't wait to see her be Thor in Love and Thunder. Holy shit. I know I will have to explain her being Thor. Do you have any questions? Uh, I I don't know enough to even have questions. I don't know enough to know what to ask. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> so uh, in the comics, Dr. Foster is diagnosed with cancer. And then I haven't read it, so I don't know like the details or how she figures this out. Mm-hmm. But she becomes or is worthy of lifting Thor's hammer. And when uh-huh. she lifts the hammer, she receives the power of Thor. So she becomes Thor. But oh. yeah, I... I I won't go into, like, too much detail, but so she is Thor, and so that version of Dr. Foster is going to be in the new Thor movie that's coming out, and I'm very excited. Okay, I guess I'll watch it. I'm not sure if they'll include the cancer storyline, but I know that that Foster Thor is being in there. Cool. Anyway, so uh, these energy readings apparently herald the arrival of an Asgardian, and Fitz looks so excited because he thinks he's going to meet Thor. (laughs) And so then May says that they're not sure who it is, but S.H.I.E.L.D. wants our little bus team to be the welcome wagon. Fitz says, okay, no biggie. Asgardians are our allies, right? And Ward says, Loki wasn't. And, like, (laughs) didn't he kind of become one, though? So... Not really. He had sort of a redemption arc, like, in the Thor movie that had just come out at that point. Mm. But, like, only in regards to his relationship to Thor. To Earth, he's, like, the guy that led the hostile alien invasion and killed a fuck ton of people. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) But also, technically, he's not an Asgardian. He's a frost giant. And I just want to take this opportunity to dunk on Ward immediately after defending him. Okay, all right. Balance. So, Fitz was right. Right, Asgardians are their allies. Yes. <laughs> well, cool. Okay, good to know. Um, so <laughs> May is driving Ward and Fitz through the desert while Fitz attempts to navigate using the energy reader. But it's tough going because Fitz says, this is science we still don't really understand yet. And Ward says, seems to be a lot of that going around lately. Ward, 
He's literally like, hmm, I've been a little too likable the past few episodes. I think it's time to reel that in a bit. <laughs> so Ward turns to May and asks if Coulson has talked to her about why he changed his mind on the drug they gave Sky. But May says no, Coulson has kept that to himself. And she honestly looks a little butthurt about it. So then Fitz pipes up that there is an even bigger energy surge happening. May asks how close and is answered immediately by a beam of energy flowing down to the ground on the road right in front of their caravan. And as Guardian stands up straight and stares at the caravan of agents before her, Fitz finds a facial recognition match for her in a picture that I assume was a still from a Marvel movie that I did not see. Thor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but he knows that she is not an enemy, so the team stands down. May and Ward approach to greet her, and she recognizes their shield logo and says i am lady sif of asgard your world is in grave danger unlike if an alien beamed down to earth and told me that i'd be like could you tell me something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i mean really so here we have jamie alexander reprising her role of sif from thor and thor the dark world she's wonderful yes this was a major way to tie the series into the movies by having a character from one of the movies play a major role in an episode so it was really exciting and marvel itself provided costume designer ann foley with sif's actual costume from thor the dark world oh cool yeah so that they could retain continuity with you know her costume from the film of course that's awesome anyway so they they bring lady sif back to the plane and colson tells may what he knows about her she's a warrior and he saw her fight like a badass in New Mexico with Thor. Like I said before in previous episodes, Coulson played a pretty big role in the first Thor movie. So, like, he was fully there during that fight. Oh, okay. And I don't remember if he mentions that the machine they were fighting was sent by Loki to kill Thor. Oh. But I thought that I would note that. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Loki... <laughs> uh was not an ally okay cool um (laughs) so may says that lady sif needs shield to help her find someone colson says that he's up for it but may isn't sure that she believes him she knows him too well and he's not acting like himself she reminds him that she's his friend and she's here for him no matter what it is Lady Sif is waiting for them in the briefing room and is freaked out by Coulson's file on the computer monitors. What dark magic is this? Thor said you perished at the hand of Loki. (laughs) Which I think is the Asgardian version of what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, so Lady Sif is surprised to see Coulson because she thought Loki had killed him. Mm -hmm. And Thor actually witnessed Loki killing Coulson in the Avengers movie. So it tracks that he would have told his buddy. Yeah. Um, So Coulson says Thor was right. For a while, anyway. But Loki wasn't the only one with tricks up his sleeve. And so Lady Sif says, Thor will be pleased to hear it. He considers you a friend. Aw, Thor. Coulson says that Thor is his friend too, which is why he would prefer to tell Thor himself that he's alive. So this marks Coulson's first encounter with someone directly acquainted with one of the Avengers, besides Nick Fury and Maria Hill, uh, since his death. So as of now, none of the Avengers know that he's alive again. Wow, okay. I don't think that they ever do. I don't think they ever find out. Oh, really? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I think, like, to this day, they, they still think Coulson. Um, So Sif reveals that she is hunting Lorelai. 600 years ago, Lorelai used her powers to wreak havoc across the Nine Realms to command armies, bring down kings, empires. And Coulson's face while she's talking is so funny. He's like half amused by this story. I don't know. I couldn't read him, but... (laughs) 
Sif says that Lorelai used her powers of sorcery to bend and shape the will of men to her own purpose. And hey, we have one of those here. Her name's Raina, though. And Raina doesn't even have any powers. She just do it. She she just do it all by herself. She just do it by herself. She do it by herself. <laughs> so May asks if Lorelai's powers only work on men, not women. And apparently men have an inherent weakness that women do not share. And like, is, is this all categories of men? What about non-binary people, intersex people? Like, would it affect a trans woman who hadn't come to that realization yet? I just want to know how far this magic extends. It is, it's it's a very, like, cis-heteronormative, uh, like, way of understanding it, uh-huh. uh, which is interesting for Asgardians, since they're supposed to be, like, so much more advanced than yeah. humans. But my guess would be, it would be people who identify as men who are attracted to women who have been well no because even who have been socialized as men because trans men and non-binary people trans masculine non-binary i don't know i think that it's just um 2013 was they didn't want to talk about that yet (laughs) yeah 2013 was a very cis heteronormative time and so i'm not sure that either the writers didn't think it through or abc didn't want them to expand on that (laughs) Probably a little bit of both. Anyway, so May smirks and nods, and Fitz is like, I can't imagine what she's talking about. Um, so apparently just the sound of her voice can work on the weak, but for the strong, a single touch can still overpower his will. So Coulson asks how they can stop her, and I'm pretty sure you can just send in May and then problem solved. Literally, (laughs) that's what pissed me off about this episode. Like, if she can take control of men, why would they even bring any men to apprehend her? Right, leave them all home. That's an incredibly (laughs) stupid technical decision. It's not even like you're out in some faraway country, so like you can't get back up you're in nevada you're you're in the midwest is nevada the midwest no that's just the west nevada you're in the wild wild west (laughs) why would they not just assemble a team of women right like it doesn't make any sense but i guess they just had to have a ward sex scene of course they were like they were like you know what we've talked about ward having sex enough that we need to show it now yeah (laughs) but lady sif pulls out a very pretty like metal necklace that apparently works like a sea witch necklace preventing Lorelai from speaking. She used to wear one for centuries but escaped when the dark elves took over Asgard. It was the plot of the Thor movie that had just come out. Oh, okay. So when they took over Asgard and then they used one of Loki's secret pathways between worlds to come to Earth. Or well Lorelai did. Yeah. So Sif's energy beam brought her to Lorelai's last known location. So Coulson orders for the team to begin their search among the small towns around Death Valley for unusual activity within a 100 mile radius, like burglary, theft, and assault. If this woman is used to ruling empires, she's going to be hard to please. <laughs> and then we immediately cut to Lorelai being displeased <laughs> by a giant bag of American money because she wanted gold. Gold and you brought her paper? Valid. Paper money is weird. It's so dumb. <laughs> like, at least laminate it. Exactly. Can we, Can we please have waterproof money? Please. Thank you. It's 2022. <laughs> 
Um, so Rooster explains that this is the currency of the land. So she asks who the woman is pictured on the bills. She's so ugly. <laughs> right. And he says that it's Ben Franklin. He used to be the president and he ruled over the whole country. So she starts to warm up to the paper a little bit. She says, and women can rule your land, can they not? Rooster says, well, you'd be the first. And she goes, yes. I will. And, you know, I thought that when I was a kid, too. <laughs> Remember when we were kids and we were told you can do anything you want to and anything is possible and the world is your oyster? Wow. So full of hope and possibilities. Wish we could go back to that. Right. Um, so then another woman comes bursting through the door, calling Rooster Dwayne and demanding to know where he'd been. Why hasn't he been answering his phone? And who is this random woman and why is she wearing her clothes? This would be devastating right look like my brain breaks thinking about being in that situation like i I want to push it as far from my mind as possible (laughs) it literally hurts just thinking about it um so lorelei is like uh first of all who the fuck is (laughs) Dwayne? so then rooster slash Dwayne explains that this is his wife so lorelei asks if he prefers his wife over her and rooster says she is nobody next to you weak Holy shit. Also, apparently this character doesn't get a name besides Dwayne's wife, so I'm going to call her Diane. She looks like a Diane. Yeah. Also, I I picked that name without thinking of the fact that Dwayne and Diane are spelled the same except for like one letter. But anyway. I thought you did that on purpose, and I was like, you know what? That's great. I love that. (laughs) It was an accident, but it worked out. (laughs) I was thinking about that that country song by uh, the artist Cam. It's like, Diane. I promise I didn't know he was your man. Oh, is that the one? I need to listen to that because I've seen like that clip on TikTok and I know that it's supposed to be like a response to Jolene. Yeah. And I love it. It's so good. I love it. Anyway, um, so Diane prickles and she says, nobody? Really? Well, nobody owns this bar. So everyone get the fuck out. Girl power. Right? Literally. So Lorelai says, I'm getting tired of this noise, Rooster. Make it stop. So Diane starts making her way back over to Lorelai for a fight, but Rooster Dwayne grabs her and chokes her and says, I'm sorry, baby, you're making too much noise. <laughs> what the That's fuck? That's so scary. That's so scary. That's terrifying. I hate that. Imagine like waking up from this trance and being like, I killed my fucking wife. Right. What the fuck? Um, so Alina Satine, who plays Lorelai, she also <laughs> played a mutant called Beautiful Dreamer in the show The Gifted. Right. And that character also uses her voice to control people. Oh my god, I love a theme. Yeah. Apparently The Gifted was also a Marvel show. It seems to be like an X-Men type thing. I've literally never heard of it before now. It was canceled after two seasons. Oh. So unrelated, she also played Julia in the Netflix live action Cowboy Bebop, which I enjoyed, maybe because I haven't seen the original anime, but I liked it standing on its own, knowing nothing about the original. <laughs> and that also got canceled because I guess the anime boys were mad there weren't enough titties in it. The poor weebs. Poor, poor weebs. Will someone think about the anime titties? Please. <laughs> Won't someone think about the titties? Hashtag do it for the titties. <laughs> anyway, uh, so back on the plane, Coulson is showing Lady Sif the hollow table, or while well, he thinks he is. She says that this is antiquated technology for her and many other realms, and then she easily navigates the files and maps that she's looking for. Coulson asks, 
Since she's seen so many other galaxies and species, has she ever known any to be blue? She says, of course, and starts listing off different blue alien species, one of them being the frost giants who invaded Earth millennia ago. But, quote, rest easy, Philip, son of coal. (laughs) 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 The Asgardians ran them out and none of them have ever, none of the others have ever been to Earth. (laughs) And I'm dying at son of coal. (laughs) Son of Cole is my fucking favorite running bit that they do. It's so fucking good. It's and excellent. like that's what that's what Thor would always call him when they would see each other. <laughs> Philip son, son of Cole. Cole. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Um so finally Lady Sif pulls up a string of robberies by a biker gang. Gold, guns, and more. It's my favorite department store. Yes. <laughs> Lady Sif starts panicking that Lorelai is building an army. And Ward says that they've traced Lorelai to a biker bar called Rosie's Biker Oasis. I guess Diane's name is actually Rosie. I like Diane better. Me too. I'm going to keep calling her Diane. <laughs> Fitch shows them the array of new night-night guns that he's made, only now he's calling them icers. And Ward approves, slapping Fitz on the back and saying, you even lost the ounce. Literally, shut the fuck up, Ward. <laughs> I'm so tired of you. Just don't talk. (laughs) Right? Fitz slaps him back even harder and says, and I tripled the stopping power. (laughs) And I don't know what that means, but Ward looked pissed and the way Fitz smiled like and like rubs his nose. I'm so obsessed with him. (laughs) Ward has the absolute gall to look annoyed that Fitz did the same thing (laughs) that Ward did to him. If you don't want to be clapped on the back, then don't clap people on the back. Literally. Fuck. (laughs) Stop hitting people, Ward. Also, Fitz is so stinking cute. Yes. He's so cute. So much. Um, So May is impressed as well and tests one out. Ward says, I thought you didn't like guns. And she says, no, I always say if I need one, I'll take one and we'll need these. And God, I love May. She continues, when you're up against people who are being controlled, sometimes it's hard to distinguish friend from foe. That rhymed. And also, please don't hurt Mike. I don't want them to hurt Mike. I'm so worried about him. Um, So Coulson and Lady Sif join the group. Sif with the flair for the dramatic entry. I want her to be part of the team. So bad. (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. pulls up to the biker bar, which is surrounded by mobile home trailers and local cops. Sif is surprised that Lorelai is staying at such a, quote, humble abode. (laughs) Coulson asks the cops if they've seen the suspect. One cop steps forward and says, yes, and she's beautiful, and then starts (laughs) shooting at them. (laughs) That line from the cop took me out. It was so funny. His delivery. (laughs) It was perfect. And also, I'm... I'm tired of guns at this S.H.I.E.L.D. team. Like, I'm tired of it, and we've had enough of that for a lifetime, and we don't need anybody else shooting at them ever again. Thank you. Goodbye. Can we please not shoot at the secret agents? Right! I know it's literally their job, that. but stop it. It's inappropriate. <laughs> but shout out to that that actor playing the cop because his delivery was flawless. Perfect. It was so fucking funny. Yes. I don't know if it was intended to be funny, but I found it hilarious. It was I I loved it. So inside the bar, Rooster is watching the gunfight from between the window shades. He promised to fight for her, but there is a lot of firepower out there in the parking lot, including some medieval times chick with a sword and everything. And Lorelai's face falls as she realizes that Sif has followed her. Outside, Sif pushes the mobile home trailer on its side, covering Coulson and Ward from the cop's gunfire. Coulson orders S.H.I.E.L.D. to surround the building, but to allow Lady Sif to get Lorelai herself. Sif enters the establishment, and Lorelai's 
bikers surround them both. Lorelai brings her brings up their history and refuses to go willingly. She orders her gang to tear Sif apart. The fight ensues, Sif winning big time, obviously. And but also like all of these bikers are just like waiting their turn to fight her. <laughs> like I know <laughs> she's amazing, but they really are like allowing her to have the upper hand by not trying to overwhelm her. Like there are so many of them. <laughs> I I have to say like I I don't doubt that also the fight choreographers put in a lot of effort and work into the show. I don't think that, you know, they were half-assing it, but at least in season one, I can't remember how season two gets, but at least in season one, a lot of the fight choreography is questionable at best. (laughs) Like, at least don't, like, don't show the whole room of other bikers who could be joining in the fight, just like standing there waiting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Have them, like, at least, like, circling her or whatever. I don't know. Fighting each other. Um, But this episode introduces the motorcycle gang Dogs of Hell, Mm. and their New York chapter is later seen in the second season of Daredevil, which I need to watch Daredevil. I I haven't, and I know that they're, like, bringing it back, which is awesome. Do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next. (laughs) But Daredevil was, I think in, like, the first or second episode, they, like, squish someone's head with a bowling ball, and I was like, nope, turning it off. Goodbye. And I never watched it again. Whoa. Okay. But now that I'm a little older and I have a little bit of a tougher stomach, maybe I'll maybe I'll be able to watch maybe it. So. Like Jessica Jones was hard for me, yeah. but like I don't know, it's like violence is like the thing that I can't. Right. It's a lot. Anyway, so around the back of the building, Ward runs into Rooster and roasts him for having such a stupid name. Finally, thank you. <laughs> the garbage man is right. Yeah. Promote him. <laughs> and so then their fist fight ensues, and Ward literally fights like such a nerd and i will say it every single time he's so bad at it when i was editing tiktoks and i had to like get a bunch of ward clips there were a few clips and like watching them in slow motion was like even worse because the <laughs> the faces that he makes I'm, I'm sure like if you pause at the very end of our um the clip where i talk about ward thinking that sky and may are fighting over him mm-hmm. there's a scene of him getting like slammed to the ground and his face is like <laughs> <laughs> y'all won't see the face she's talking about unless you go watch that tiktok but <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> so lorelei has snuck away from the indoor fight and makes her way to the roof to see the end of Ward's fight. She jumps down and surprises him after he knocks out Rooster. She tells him, you are a fine warrior. And he's like, yeah, I know that. <laughs> um, and then he tries to order her to put her hands behind her back and kneel, but she kneels to no man. I am not proud of where my brain went when he said to kneel. Wait, I'm so glad it wasn't just me. <laughs> it stirred something in me. Something oh. happened to me. I, I almost listened to him. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. (laughs) We don't need to talk about it anymore. I'm ashamed of it. Like, half of our audience is teenagers, and so I feel, like, really bad, but I'm going to continue to be an adult on my adult podcast. Thank you. Right. We put the E on it for explicit. It's fine. Yeah, that's that's your parents' jobs. Right. <laughs> y'all, y'all be good, okay? Um, so Ward starts to call for backup, and he feels all-powerful because the sound of her voice didn't take over his control immediately. He's so fucking cocky. She approaches him and says, that is not what you need. And then she touches his shoulder, and he is under her spell. 
he's a fucking idiot. Like, why did you let her touch you? Sip literally told you not to let her touch you. <laughs> a man like that always thinks he's the exception. Always. So he loses his shield armor, and then they steal a motorcycle together. And she tells him to take her somewhere deserving of a queen. And Ward knows just the place. <laughs> a drag show? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, they're going to a drag, but it's the Las Vegas drag. Yeah, exactly. Um, So back on the plane, Lady Sif is furious that they lost Lorelai again. Coulson tries to calm her down, but she doesn't believe that he can help her. The magic, like Ursula necklace, is broken from the gunfight, and there is no other end to Lorelai's enchantment besides death. Lorelai's death or the person under her spell? I don't think they specified. <laughs> I, both? Either or? <laughs> but Coulson tells her that he will figure out a solution, and please don't punch any more holes on his plane. <laughs> <laughs> The poor plane. I know. God, it goes through. It so takes much. a beating this next few episodes. <laughs> Coulson goes to Fitzsimmons and Skye to catch them up, and he asks Fitz to see what he can do to mend the collar in a couple of hours. Skye begs for an assignment to help find Ward, and Coulson says Ward's got drop boxes and storage lockers all over the world. They're filled with currency, weapons, IDs. He's going to use aliases, cash, anything to keep Lorelai off the radar. And you are the best radar we have, so find them. Skye immediately gets to work as Coulson leaves the room. Simmons catches up to him to ask about the GH325. She hasn't been able to find anything yet because of her limited resources and the fact that many of the drug's properties are foreign to her, which is startling in its own right. She asks again if she can send a sample of Skye's blood to HQ for testing, but Coulson immediately shuts her down, saying that that's not an option. Simmons gets a little bit of a tone and demands to know why. She doesn't understand why Coulson wouldn't want the benefits of this drug to be known, and then Coulson puts on his agent voice and says no that's an order <laughs> and you can see Simmons internal struggle for a moment as Coulson starts to walk away and then she says that's not a good enough reason I'm, I'm so, so proud, proud of her, her. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Coulson turns around with my mom's like, excuse me face. And Simmons continues, I have a duty to you as my commanding officer, but I also have a duty as a shield scientist to pursue this and save lives. Yes, baby, you get those answers. So proud of her. <laughs> Coulson almost looks amused while she says her piece, and then he cuts her off and fires back. Two men gave their lives in a compound rigged with explosives to keep this drug hidden. We still don't know why. Until we speak with fury and get some answers that drug and its mysteries stay in-house and like colson we understand that but you can't just expect everyone to know what you're thinking and if you had told her that from the beginning she never would have questioned you <laughs> but also shout out to him for hearing her concerns about it not being a good enough reason and Absolutely. providing her with a better reason instead of just being like i said no I'm the boss, and that's final. Yeah. You don't need a reason. You don't need to know why. You just need to obey. Right. I feel like that's the best thing about Coulson so far, for me at least, is that, like, sometimes he makes questionable decisions, but he always can, like, recognize when he's wrong and, and like, understand where other people are coming from. Yeah. He, he is, like, one of those rare, like, great bosses where he can put his foot down when it's needed, but he also, like, can understand where you're coming from as a person and meet you where you are. Right. Anyway, so Ward and Lorelai have ridden all the way to the Las Vegas Strip. They pull up to Caesar's Palace and Lorelai compliments Ward's resourcefulness. Ward's like, oh, please, I'm just well-trained. <laughs> 
Ward says he doesn't care if she likes him better than the idiot biker gang. He used to feel something for someone on his team. We knew this. Everyone knows this except Ward. It was obvious. But it doesn't matter anymore because he would die for Lorelai, as any man would. Lorelai says that she doesn't want any other man. She only wants Ward because he is a real man with the rage of a berserker inside. And I forgot that he still had that. <laughs> I like. I wonder if that was like a, a figure of speech for her or like that she somehow knew. Because right. that's interesting. Is she yeah. also a mind reader? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but she wants him to find her an army and she will give him a gift in return. We don't know what that gift is, but okay. I, I assumed even as a naive 18 year old that the gift was her vagina. Oh, okay. Uh, because then they burst through a hotel room door, tearing each other's clothes off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Later that night, after the festivities, you know, Lorelai finally gets out of bed with Ward and goes to the window. She muses about how much more beautiful this part of the planet seems than where she first arrived. She starts to open up about her fears of having to go back to being imprisoned and silenced like she was for 600 years. Ward tries to reassure her that she doesn't have to go back. In his underwear. <laughs> Literally? Okay, I I appreciated it, but... <laughs> Listen, we are attracted to Brett Dalton. We are not attracted yes. to Ward. Thank you. Thank okay, you, thank let's you. make let's make that one thing clear. <laughs> when I had that reaction to him saying, "Get on your knees," I was reacting to Brett Dalton, not to Ward. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making that distinction. I was having trouble with it. Um. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but Lorelai knows that with Sif on the hunt, she will never truly be safe. So Ward says that they will eliminate the threat. Lorelai says the graves of Asgard's enemies are literally with men who underestimated Sif, probably because Lorelai can only cast her spell on men. Ward says he knows that he doesn't know Sif, but he does know the people that she's working with. <laughs> oh no. It's oh, no. so... Uh... Whew, he is not gonna like that when he comes out of his spell. That sort of mind control thing is like so, so scary because yeah. like he, she hit the jackpot by getting someone on the team that is like hunting her. Yeah, exactly. Because like he has inside information and he knows everyone's weaknesses. Exactly. Ugh. So Sif is polishing her double-sided sword when May comes in and asks if she can try it out. Sif hands it to her and May looks the happiest I've ever seen her. <laughs> is this the first time that May has fully smiled on this show? Like we usually only get half smirks from her, but this is like a real smile. I love her smile. It's, it's so beautiful. funny because Ming-Na Wen is such like a bubbly and jokey person. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know if you've ever watched like interviews and stuff with her or like yeah. seen anything behind the scenes but she is like the goofiest woman I have like ever encountered in my life I love her so much and like she is the polar opposite of May but she plays May so well yeah I love that I I feel like that's such a that's such a fun contrast for a lot of like those serious like deadpan characters in um in a lot of different yeah. mediums I think that that's so funny <laughs> if anyone has any recommendations for like things that Ming-Na Wen has been in where she she gets to play like a more like funny bubbly character please let me know because i'd love to see her in it yeah me too anyway so sif acknowledges that may seems very skilled with swords may says yes but she prefers to fight with her hands love that um sif says that's admirable but lorelei is pretty skilled in combat herself may asks if that's may asks if that's so then why does she enchant men to fight for her sif believes that it's thrill seeking lorelei especially enjoys taking a committed man away from his partner you might say that she's not a saint and she's not what you think she's an actress 
She took him faster than you can say Santa Claus. (laughs) But as Sif says, even the best warrior needs an army to conquer an empire. So Lorelai's pattern is to attach herself to the strongest warrior she can find and then unleash a swath of blood and destruction. May admits that Ward is as lethal as any warrior. He's one of their best, but he's not May. (laughs) But Sif sees her real concern. I've been where you are, Melinda May, a man I cared for under her spell. So enchanted that he forsook his family, his friends, and me. Steal yourself to do what might be necessary. She starts to say, you're Agent Ward, but May stresses, he's not mine. And Sif continues that Ward is not himself, and he will not hesitate to kill anyone, even people he cares for. May says, Ward won't kill me. And Sif is like, listen, don't (laughs) let your emotions cloud your judgment. But May's like, no, no, no. I said he was one of our best. I'm our best. (laughs) I love the quiet confidence. Like she, on the other side of like what Ward is, she does not need to be showy because she knows who the fuck she is. Exactly. So (laughs) Coulson rushes in and says that a security camera found Ward. Quote, if Lorelai wants an army of wealthy, pliable men, I think she just hit the jackpot. Pliable? (laughs) Ew! Word choice. Literally, that's disgusting. Um, so Sif, May, and the All Woman Shield team. Fucking thank you. That should have been the plan from the jump. Right? You wouldn't be in this mess. <laughs> Literally, they break into the hotel room that Ward and Lorelai were in, but they're gone now. Coulson comes in and sees May looking at the disheveled bed, and Coulson says, "I know you said you and Ward wouldn't be a problem, but I also know you wouldn't tell me if it was." And May just stares at him as she calls Fitz to have him track every camera in the strip. Back on the plane, Fitz informs May, Coulson, and Sif that they haven't found Ward yet with the cameras because Ward would know to avoid cameras. Fitz even has his satellites looking for them, but the good news is that he fixed the Ursula collar. Sif wants to inspect it to be sure, but Fitz is pretty confident. I love, and yes, I am that good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's so perfect. As the two of them leave to see the caller, Coulson asks May where she would go if she was in Ward's position, since they are both so tactically minded. Fitz shows Sif into the holding cell, and as she approves of the caller, Fitz leaves and locks the door behind him. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> May responds to Coulson that she wouldn't run. She would take out the main threat. As Sif is banging on the door of her cell, shaking the whole plane, the engine starts revving up and the plane takes off. Holy shit. Um... <laughs> Sky and Simmons are locked in the med pod with no idea why they're taking off or where everyone is. So Coulson finally finds Fitz outside the holding cell and tells him that Lorelai and Ward are on the plane and asks where Sif and the caller are. Fitz says, oh yeah, they're in here. That's why I'm standing guard. <laughs> Wouldn't want Sif to get out and hurt Lorelai. <laughs> He's so cute even under a spell. <laughs> so stinking cute. I love him. <laughs> Coulson acts like he is also under Lorelai's spell and finds out that Fitz locked Simmons and Skye in the med pod. So as soon as he can, he gets away from the conversation and hurries away. May is running through the plane and is greeted by Lorelai herself. She says, you took my plane. I want it back. But Lorelai says, you can't always get what you want. Well, I mean, I can. And then the fight ensues, obviously. 
Lorelai flings May across the room. Ward is in the cockpit and flips the switch to open the ceiling on the holding cell. Sif catches the collar, but then she's sucked out by the wind. As May gets up, Ward joins the two of them. Lorelai wants to go take Sif's sword for herself, so May tries to appeal to the real Ward, but Ward just aims his gun at her and says, this was the plan. Eliminate Sif, take the plane, and eliminate anyone who stands in Lorelai's way. So get out of her way. He's it's icy like his voice (laughs) god may is still trying to reach him and telling him to fight the spell lorelei asks ward is this her the beautiful warrior with a heart of ice she and may look at each other for a moment and i can't tell if may is stunned by what ward told lorelei about her or that he told her anything at all about her once lorelei is sure that may is jealous she kisses ward and then tells may his heart beats in concert with mine now and mine alone. And May's like, listen, this ain't about us. And Lorelai continues saying, he told me about who he desired before me. And it wasn't you. Ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. Wow. And like, yeah, we know it was Skye. <laughs> but also like, I didn't get the impression that May was ever actually like in love with Ward or even really had feelings for him. I, I felt like they were just fuck buddies. And like everyone in this episode is acting like they were very serious together and like I don't I don't know I was just like I kept thinking like why can't she just care about her friend as a friend even if they do fuck sometimes It just, it felt like, it felt really random to me. Like it wasn't like, it didn't feel like it was part of the narrative. It felt very like extra, like extraneous to it, to me. I don't know. It definitely seemed to me like she was at least on the verge of catching feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that she was in love or that she like fully had feelings for him yet, but I think it was getting to the point where it was like starting to be a problem. Cause there were like those awkward moments, you you know what I mean? Like in like previous episodes and stuff. And I think that they definitely like were getting to the to a point where they were starting to like get jealous of their interactions with other people. You know, because there was a scene where Ward sees Coulson and May talking and he gets jealous. And then I think there was another scene with May where she gets jealous. I remember the one where Ward got jealous, but I don't remember May getting jealous. I'm pretty sure it's happened. Or at least like there were just some awkward moments where it was like, okay, this is like getting weird. I don't know. I just I think I just and I, I just perceived it differently. I don't know. I, I guess I'm yeah. wrong, but obviously I'm wrong. But <laughs> it just, it felt weird and disjointed to me. But. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Coulson makes it down to the med pod and unlocks it. Simmons almost hits him over the head with a fire extinguisher. And I swear, Simmons and fire extinguishers. <laughs> it's her weapon of choice. It's her favorite. Uh, Coulson convinces them that he is himself and then says that they need to get Sif out of the cage. But Simmons and Skye watched her get sucked out of the hatch from their monitor. They were thinking that she was dead, but Coulson says, are you kidding me? She's Asgardian. She's definitely still out there. Unlock it and let her in. (laughs) And as it turns out, Sif was still hanging onto the plane from the outside. (laughs) So back in the cage, uh, Fitz is still guarding the door while he reads a magazine. Lorelai approaches and fully ignores him, simping hard. She goes into the cage and takes Sif's sword out of the mattress where it was stuck into the bed. As she admires it, Sif appears from the shadows. Lorelai begs Sif one last time to leave and go back to Asgard. And Sif says they can go together. Oh, girl, 
<laughs> Fitz is still outside the door, and he realizes that Sky has hacked and overridden the plane. Lorelai begins to taunt Sif, saying that Sif always bows to the to authority, but never actually gets what she wants, including Thor. I'm like, are she and Thor a thing, but not a thing? I didn't. I don't mm. know. Also, I, I'm getting the feeling that Sif and Lorelai were lovers at some point too, but Lorelai couldn't control Sif, so it didn't work out. You know. <laughs> Hmm. I feel oh that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel that, Chip. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I that's that's an interesting thing that I hadn't I didn't pick up on that, but like yeah, I could definitely see it. But as far as like Sif and Thor, I think like she kind of pined after him, but like Lorelai said, he kind of just saw her as one of the guys. Oh, okay. So I don't think that they were ever together. I think it's sort of like subtext. Uh. Okay. Anyway, so Sif is getting impatient, but Lorelai continues. She says, you see, that's the difference between you and I. I have class and you don't. (laughs) (laughs) The difference is that Sif takes orders, but Lorelai doesn't. So then the fighting ensues, obviously, and they break Sif's double-sided sword in two. Fitz is outside the door trying to get in, saying, stay strong for me, baby girl. (laughs) And I can just feel all the Tumblr posts with that gif and all the like AO3 fanfics and I'm obsessed (laughs) Um, so Simmons comes up and the way that she gasps and then they like stare at each other for a second excellent comedic timing (laughs) Fitz says Simmons you're not supposed to be up here and then he chases her (laughs) Ward and May are still in a standoff when Fitz yells Ward I think we have a big problem (laughs) and I can listen to Fitz screaming and yelling like that for hours on end May takes advantage of Ward's momentary distraction and disarms him. May and Ward's fight parallels Sif and Lorelai's. So they are all lovers. We love parallels. Context, subtext, whatever the fuck I'm trying to say. I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So Fitz is trying to catch up to Simmons. And he's like, you can't be out here, Simmons. You cannot be running about. And I love, (laughs) I like that even though he's enchanted, he's still such a cutie patootie. Simmons is waiting for him in the lab at the bottom of the stairs, but just before he reaches her, Coulson calls his name and Fitz spins around immediately like, sir, and he gets slammed in the face and knocked out. (laughs) And I swear they are always knocking him out. Like, is it because he's small and faints easily or is it just because Ian is really good at physical humor? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But I also, like, I paused at that moment to write all of that. And then when I hit play, Simmons is like, poor thing. He's always getting knocked out, isn't he? (laughs) And I just am so glad that we're on the same page. (laughs) I was so happy. (laughs) Oh, God. So then the two lovers spats continue. Very intense visually, but very boring, uh, uh, like, orally. (laughs) So, but, okay, Ward is being a little too much. Like, nobody is allowed to touch May like that. We we can stop that. But <laughs> So they both reach a standoff at the same time. Ward has May at gunpoint again while they are lying on the shattered coffee table. And Sif has Lorelai at a sword point? <laughs> is that the right word? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> and Lorelai begs for death. She would rather die than go back to being imprisoned and silenced, which is understandable. 
I get that. Um, but Sif won't let her get off that easily, no matter how much she wants to kill her. Lorelai tries to taunt Sif again by starting to tell her about the man Sif loved, who Lorelai got a hold of. She says, would you rather hear how he followed me around like a dog? His kiss, his touch, blah, blah, blah. You literally forced him to do that. It's not, it, it's not like he wanted to do it. <laughs> but she is cut off mid-word by Sif locking the Ursula collar around Lorelai's throat. And then Sif goes, you were saying <laughs> I love sassy Sif I I love the trope of the villain monologue getting cut short yes it's so satisfying every single time <laughs> so Ward apologizes for what he's about to do and then he pulls the trigger but it doesn't fire and May holds up the bullets they both jump to their feet and Ward says he's coming back to himself just as Sif and Coulson are escorting Lorelai into the room Sif confirms that Ward is himself now so May just gets in one last punch for good measure as well she should he almost shot her he would have shot her yeah later on May and Coulson are seeing Sif and Lorelai off Sif apologizes for the damage to their flying boat <laughs> but May says that it's seen worse Coulson says it must have been hard for Sif to move past and let go of everything that Lorelai did. But Sif rolls her eyes and says that Odin ordered her back alive, so as his warrior, she must obey his wishes. And Coulson presses, even with how much it cost you? And like, what did it cost her again? <laughs> Jealousy, I guess. I guess. I, I don't, I feel like, I, I understand. I, I like, I am not saying that I have never been jealous before, because that is absolutely not the case. No. And I sort of, like, understand where the people in this episode are coming from, but also I feel like they're all being very dramatic yeah. and blowing things out of proportion. Like, can we act like adults, please? Right, literally. <laughs> I, I don't know. But because this, this is, like, a super fun fact that I had not thought about until it was pointed out, like, on the IMDb page, because this takes place just after Thor the Dark World, when Sif says that Odin ordered Lorelai back alive, it is not only possible but likely that it was actually Loki giving the order. Because at the end of that movie, we see that he's like used his trickery to masquerade as Odin. Oh my god. And so like, to what end does he want her back alive? I don't know. We never find out. But I guess that he wanted her back alive. Wow. That is a fun fact. It's so interesting. I'm like, hmm. I, I want to see some fanfics about that. Point yeah. me in the direction of some fanfics. That's, ooh, that's cool. Anyway, um, so Sif responds, much like your shield, we are bound by our code. But Coulson looks like he is questioning that code. <laughs> Sif turns to May and salutes both of them, saying what an honor it was to fight by their side. And then Sif leads Lorelai off the plane. May starts to head back inside, saying she'll check how much damage the plane is dealing with. But Coulson says, and how much damage are you dealing with? Coulson, do we have to do this immediately? Like, can she get a second to process it, please? I get that, like, they're friends and, like, he wants to be there for her. On it, I don't know. If I were going through something similar and you, like, pushed me like that, I'd be like, first of all, you're being really fucking dramatic. Right. Like, it's happening. It's happening to me, not you. Let me process it. Thank you. Yeah. Also, it happened, like, five minutes ago. <laughs> for fucking real. I'm like, if I wanted to talk about it, I would come to you. But I didn't, did I? If this was, like, two weeks from now, maybe you could press. Maybe. Well, we still would have to, like, already understand each other's boundaries on that. 
<laughs> yeah. Like, all the things that I've gone through that are similar to that, like, I have come to you. The only reason you know about it is because I have come to you. Exactly. Like, if you, if you witnessed a fucked up thing happening and you were like, hey, how you doing? Let's talk about it. I'd be like, uh, can I have a second? <laughs> right. Okay, sorry. Continue. Anyway, uh, so May says, well, he didn't break anything, so <laughs> love the deflection. So Colson says he didn't mean physically and encourages May to go talk to Ward about it, which... Honestly, that is the healthiest advice that anyone has ever given on this show. For real. Like, shout out to them for being adults, I guess. Right. For a second, at least. (laughs) So then May says that Coulson should take his own advice. And even if it's not with her, he should at least talk to Skye about what he saw at the guest house. She deserves to know what the fuck they put in her body. Thank you, May. Yeah. Is that Juliet? I think so. It might have been someone else. I've been trying to figure out, like, what that noise in the background has been. I'm like, is it children running around in like her hallway i'm pretty sure it's been juliet meowing the whole time um no so i do live like right next to the pool so okay that that also makes sense yeah i try to dampen the sound as much as i can but yeah at some point it's just gonna get through yeah i feel that anyway so ward is waiting for may in the cockpit and he offers to let her punch him again repeatedly (laughs) and may's like it's fine but like can i though just for fun (laughs) and ward says it's not fine and he starts to say that he never wanted to hurt may but may says you didn't that was never a risk with me and i told you that ward is taken aback and speechless so may says seems like we're done here and may that was not a talk (laughs) but she just can't allow herself to be vulnerable and i totally get that considering that even the assumption of a vulnerability almost got her killed today so ward starts to leave and may drops one last bomb if what lorelei said today was true you were more honest with her than you are with yourself god damn Yes. So in the med pod, Fitz is checking his black eye in a compact mirror while Simmons says, I'm not saying you were weak. I'm saying all men are weak. So true, bestie. <laughs> like, listen, guys, if anyone has a problem with that, take it up with a fictional character who can't lie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we love a blunt autistic queen. Yes. Uh, snaps for her. <laughs> Um, so Colson walks in and Fitz softly says, sir, I understand why you had to punch me and I forgive you. <laughs> and like, maybe he did not say sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. So Colson asks for a moment to talk to Skye. So Fitzsimmons leave and Colson is stammering and nervous. So Skye sits down. She's like, I feel like something big is coming. So I'm just going to sit myself down. <laughs> He finally gets out that the drug that saved them both came from an alien. He apologizes and swears that the second he learned what it came from, he tried to stop them from injecting her with it, but he couldn't get there fast enough. Sky is shocked, but she doesn't blame Coulson at all. She knows that he was just trying to save her life and that he did save her life but colson is spiraling at this point he's like i subjected you to unknown ramifications or side effects and sky just says all due respect but so what (laughs) we are alive and plus you've had it in your system for how long now and you're fine you didn't grow a tail or anything (laughs) and colson just can't believe that this isn't phasing her he's like we are completely in the dark on this but sky just says that's where we live. I'm an 084. Like, what does that even mean? 
at least we're in the dark together on this one. Yeah, Sky is so used to living in the dark, right? like, to not really knowing anything. Like, not knowing things has been the only thing she's ever known. Exactly. <laughs> she has spent literally her whole life looking for answers. So, like, this that Coulson is, like, just now experiencing, that's nothing new for her. Right. She's like, welcome to the club, bud. <laughs> so Coulson is starting to cheer up just a little bit. He says, yes, we are, but not for long. To hell with any protocols or code I used to be bound by. We have a long list of questions that we need answers for, and we're going after them ourselves. Sky starts to say that she's down if the team is up for it, but Coulson stops her. He says they need to protect the rest of the team from this. Fury went to dangerous lengths to keep this under wraps. He lied to me. He lied to S.H.I.E.L.D. This is a powerful secret that men have died for. Until we know why, we can't share it with anyone. And Sky agrees. So their first target is the person responsible for Sky's attempted murder. And he's going to pay. Good thing he's a billionaire so he can afford it. <laughs> and now it's time for the post-content content. content. <laughs> Uh, so during Coulson and Sky's conversation, unbeknownst to them, they were being recorded by none other than Melinda May. I mean, she is a super spy, but holy shit. Uh, she makes a phone call on a hidden rotary phone and then tells whoever is on the other line that Coulson knows. <laughs> um, May knew? Was May in on this the whole fucking time? Like, please don't make me regret loving May. What the fuck? <laughs> what the shit, May? Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. All right. So overall thoughts. Um. So I have two. Uh, first of all, Chloe Bennett is so excellent at those like micro expressions. I, like in that last scene there. I swear to God, she has more emotion in, like, a single eyebrow than some people do in their entire body. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. She's just excellent. Um, and my second one is May! <laughs> uh, what about you? <laughs> um, so my little extra fun fact, Lorelai is a playable character in the Lego Marvel's Avengers video game from oh. 2016. I thought that was fun. That's a very fun fact. So that concludes our episode on season one, episode 15. Yes, yes men. Yes, men. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast on twitter at agent nothing pod you can also go to anchor.fm slash agents of nothing and send us a voice message with your thoughts you can donate to us on anchor as well if you want to no pressure but also gas is very expensive and we would yes, like that very please, much you. <laughs> uh, you can email us at agents of nothing podcast at gmail.com uh, we've gotten quite a few of those now so <gasps> probably in between season one and two we'll do a little like bonus episode so send those in. I'm also thinking about possibly starting like a subreddit for the podcast. So if y'all are interested in that, let me know. Ooh. I may or may not do it anyway in between now and the time when this episode comes up. <laughs> um, but our personal socials, you can find me, Mariah, on Twitter at fullswampwitch underscore, on TikTok at Submarine Warfare, and on Instagram at Submarine Warfare. And you can find me, Caroline, on Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore Rusty page and on tiktok at crazy ginger 995 next week we'll be covering season one episode 16 end of the beginning so stay tuned for that okay bye bye love you